0: It's week three at Change Voices, our weekly podcast where we explore the challenges and successes and lessons of leadership through the experiences of diverse women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paula Frey. Today we're joined by feminist Naomi Tulay who is talking to us all the way from Liberia, where she runs an organization called the Community Health Initiative. As founder and executive director, Naomi is at the forefront of providing health access to marginalized communities. While her initial aims focused on reproductive health and education for young girls, Naomi had the added challenge of starting an organization amid the crisis of an Ebola epidemic. Her work is groundbreaking. She not only helps women improve their access to health, but she has done that by developing sustainable solutions to their problems. Naomi is increasing reproductive health awareness and helping to keep young girls in school, in part by breaking cultural taboos around discussing issues such as menstruation. And to help keep girls in school during their menstrual period, Naomi has developed an effective reusable sanitary pad that can be made from locally available materials through her Pad for Girls project. The young girls make the pads themselves while she trains women's cooperatives to produce a quality version which is Ministry of Health certified under a common brand that is sold to generate income. Not only has her vision resulted in reduced dropout rates, but as a result of her pioneering efforts, many local Liberian businesses now sell reusable sanitary pads produced by and for young women. Welcome Naomi and thank you for joining us to talk about starting an organization and what
1: it entails
0: you get into um um, civil society tell me a little bit
1: about your life and what you've done i was driving my daughter to school i have moved into a new community and one thing that remained consistent in the community is that every time i drove her to school i would pass by a group of teenage girls that were pregnant and everybody felt that it was normal So working in the hospital, seeing the stigmatization that comes with teenage pregnancy, not identifying the underlying cause, I was compelled to intervene. I started with a group of girls from the same community, just talking to them on on my porch about sexual rights, the rights to say no, talking to them about consent, but the parents were being left out. So I decided, okay, I will also include the parents into the conversation, just on my porch and have this conversation. What struck me most was... A girl that my daughter used to be friends with also got pregnant and everybody stood quiet. The community blamed her, the community shamed her. I'm like, no, this is a struggle I went through 12 years ago when I had my daughter Uh, and the perpetrator is yet to be brought to justice. Why should we young girls carry all these burdens and I am also giving this awareness in the community? So something told me that you need to leave your community. This is not all about your community. But how could I leave my community? I never had access to funding. So I said, I'm going to take the drugs from in my pharmacy, take it to a new community. As a mobile clinic, Why in a community, I am going to talk to young girls. And that's how I started, moving from one community to another. And then four months into our outreach, we were hit with Ebola.
0: Your organization kind of was there the right organization at the right time. But yes. it also seems to me like you had a, a huge demand all of a sudden for your services then. How did you cope? It just seems like a really big thing.
1: When people feel like, oh, yeah, you had an organization just before Ebola, that wasn't the situation. The first thought was self-care, go home and stay home. But we couldn't stay home because every day the media, doomsday picture, the ambulance passing the customary handshake that we were used to the huts we were used to who we were being denied not to do this thing so the way of life became tough in the community so we said like instead of doing mobile clinic or creating girls group let us go into the same community mobilize youth groups that will be able to go back to the same community and provide services to their people because the mm-hmm. issue of trust religion and cultural barrier was also affecting INGOs NGOs when they were going to the community. And the increase of Ebola virus was just continuing to surface in communities that INGOs NGOs were supposed to be in. So we being local and decided to use the approach of using the young people, it was able to work for us. So we decided that we were going to sell tea. But people who have think that we will have access to funding, no. We never had any access to funding. When you set up the organization, what were the
0: first things you made sure were in place?
1: The first thing that I made sure that was in place was to register the organization to make it legal. Because I don't care how many work you put into the community. I don't care how many projects that you do on your own or with friends. If your organization is not legitimate, people doesn't legitimize the work that you do. So the first thing I did was to register my organization and make it legal. The next thing I did was to form like-minded people who understood the struggle, who could buy into what I wanted to sell in the community. Tell me a little bit more in terms of finding
0: like-minded people. You went out into the community and found people from the community?
1: The first thing is I look within my own network. Like I am a health professional. I'm a woman who is passionate about healthcare and equality, gender equality. So a couple of my friends who also volunteer, that had the same passion. So I reached out to them first. And what happened is that when we began to form this small network of local girls club group, I also identified girls that were strong, that understood what we were doing and was willing to sacrifice and work. When we went at the community level, I also used my technical skills along with my staff. that was already along with us on the team to look for women who had leadership skills, with a woman who was already at the community level leading to also join our team. So that's what we did was like always finding people who was willing to work, but just needed a guidance. How do you sustain yourself when you just have to keep on keeping on? Sustaining yourself, first I come back to the self-care. There are times that you get so drained I just came back from Nigeria and as soon as I arrived back to the country, there was like three different cases of forceful initiation. I was so, not like mad, but sometimes you got devastated, like you don't know what to do. Why? I was trying to call all the relevant authority and people who are supposed to be responsible. And four school-age growing girls were also forcefully initiated. And you just get drained and brand up because the marathon continues. It doesn't stop. Because every day, there's something new about a woman. Either war on our body, we are fighting for political spaces, we are fighting for equal pay, we are fighting for sexual reproductive health and rights. The issues that continue to come, and sometimes I want to ask myself, is it because we are talking about it that we see an increase in the cases, or because people just want to be bad, or sometimes are we not doing enough?
0: How important is it for community healthcare initiative to be part of a
1: network of organizations? One of the groups that I work with is the Liberian Feminist Forum. So the Liberian Feminist Forum consists of women-led organizations that believe in equality, gender justice, and just the feminist policy. We all come together and bring our Aki together in the, ones, the Liberian Feminist Forum. Sometimes when I'm so burned from my network, this network also helped me because you can find counselor, you can find other people within the network that help you to push your cases forward. Another network that I work in that also helped me with my work is the uh, Liberian Women Humanitarian Network. We know that when there are humanitarian crises, women respond. We are the first responder. We are there before even the men come. So that network helps us to like strengthen each other's capacity. And not just each other's capacity. It helps with information sharing. It helps with networking. It helps with building solidarity to help um, minimize the load on just one person. But collectively, we can all do something and push forward. So I think women network and network building has actually helped myself to keep me going because sometimes when I have no other way, my networks is where I go through and be like, this is what happened. I need you people to tell me what to do. So
0: what is the one thing that you did when you
1: started your organization that you really think helped ensure that it became a sustainable organization? I didn't stop. I just didn't stop. I refused to stop. Whether I've access to funding, no access to funding, um, whether I was being called, I was being ignored, I just continued moving. Like there was this draft that kept me going. I just didn't stop. So mm-hmm. that always, I was always looking for call. I was always looking for network. I was always looking for a lead. I was always looking for a training. And I still do the same, like you just don't stop. I didn't stop.
0: One of the things that really strikes me about you, the first time I met you, is that you're very certain of yourself, very confident. Right? How important is confidence when you're going out there to do
1: something that other people might want to push back against? You have to believe in yourself. The first thing you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta believe that you got this and you want to do this. You have to have passion. Your passion keeps you going. So even when the going get tough, it's that passion and that belief you have in yourself that keeps you going. You have to believe also in the issues that you are pushing. What are the things that you feel, the change that you want to see? You have to believe in it. And because you believe and recognize that it's a problem and you are working to solve this problem, nothing distracts you and nothing stops you from going. So believe in yourself, keep your passion, and believe in your cause. That is my confidence. That's keeping me going.
0: Nomi has several tips for starting your own organization and sustaining the process. They start with the very obvious advice to follow your passion. Naomi urges compliance right from the start by ensuring that you and your organization are appropriately registered. She suggests that you find like-minded people to support you by starting with your existing networks. And then she says that sustaining the organization requires not only that you practice self-care, but that you celebrate your successes and that you build partnerships with other organizations. Do join the online conversation on all frame Intermedia social media platforms. And remember to subscribe and rate us on whichever platform you use. We're moving from startups to mobilization next week when we will be joined by media freedom activist Zoe Titus, who will be speaking to us from Namibia. Until then, keep leading.